This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, fam? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. It has creation tools to help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or from your computer. Anchor will even help distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast, it's all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and, more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now, here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast, Episode 9. This is the episode that several of you have been asking about. Who is the Dear Son? Welcome, the Dear Son. This is my oldest son, Donovan. Malachi Johns, full name, and he is 14 years old, but I guess you could tell him about yourself. Son, what do you want the people to know about you? Okay. Like you said, I'm Donovan Malachi Johns, 14. Can't hear you. You can't? Mm-mm. I need to speak louder? <laughs> Act like you're on your game. <clears throat> the game that you were on all day. All right. Talk like that. Okay. Like he said, I'm Donovan Malachi Johns of 14. Uh, like games. What grade are you in? Oh, ninth, I'm in ninth grade, first year of high school. How's high school treating you? It's, it's all right. It's like nothing special. I don't know. I have a couple friends, but it's not too hard. Okay. What do you think the, uh, the effect of the pandemic has been on your high school I guess getting getting engaged with people and making friends in high school has the pandemic made it a little bit more difficult. It's definitely more difficult to socialize with people after being practically inside for a year, almost two years, yeah, a year and a half. What do you think the hardest thing has been about the pandemic? Pandemic, probably just being in my room all day and not being able to see other people. Oh, uh, social you, interaction. You like coming out of your room? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
as we learn something new every episode. Well, son, you heard a few episodes, right? You've I know you've heard the one with uh, me and Papa, who is my dad, Litter Johns. What do you think about what I'm doing? Mm. It's definitely something new. I feel like a lot of fathers should try it because a lot of them don't have open dialogues like that with their fathers. Mm. Essentially assess the way that they were raised and they want to raise kids. Yeah. Well, that's the point of this. So this is an open form. You can say whatever. Um, mainly because I edit it and I can take anything out. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but uh, this is... This is our form. Like this, like you're a part of this too. This whole thing came about because I felt that I was doing you a disservice in how I'm raising you, um, like what my fatherhood skills were. And you may not understand all of it, but sometimes I just don't honestly know what to do. I don't know what to say to you. I don't know how to approach you, even though I'm the adult. And my fear was and is it's a lesser fear now as I go through this process is that, as you heard on the episode that I did with my dad, when I was your age, I really didn't want him to be around me. I didn't really want much to do with him. Um, I thought we were so different and I couldn't wait to not be in his house and have to follow his rules. Do you understand that? Yes. So. As a 14-year-old <laughs> living in my house with my rules, what are some of the things that you wish that maybe I understood or paid attention to or you think that we could do better? Hard question. I mean, it's, it could be anything. It could be big, small. Um, some of those small things. You said it's, it's something that fathers should do to have an open dialogue. What do you think about our communication style? Mm. I definitely feel like we should talk to each other more. Okay. Like personally, like this side of you, I don't, I've never seen. You've never seen this side of you before? Podcast. It's, I feel like, like we don't talk as much as we should. Right. I agree. I agree. How does that, um, how does that impact you on a regular basis? Or why do you think we don't talk as much as we should? Another hard question. Yeah, I mean, well, if you think that we should talk more, do you think that it is up to me to initiate the conversation? Do you think that sometimes you want to talk to me about something and you don't know how to approach me? What do you think it is? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay, well, that's fair. So what are some of those things that what are some of the topics that you wish we talked about? Because this 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 podcast, son, is not about having all of the answers. It's kind of what I'm doing. It's helping me get in tune more intentionally about what I'm doing and saying. And it helps me in conversation with other men that have different experiences that I do. Maybe I have some aha moments and like, ah, well, maybe I should try that. So what are some of the things that you think that we should that we should have conversations about. Mm -hmm. Maybe things that we like that maybe we could do together. Cause I feel mm. like we don't hang out as much as we should. I agree. Do you feel like from your perspective, why do you think we don't hang out? 
do you think I'm just too busy or what? It's definitely not because you're too busy, I don't think. So what do you think it is? Just from what you see, and again, it's no right or wrong answer. I was once your age and I didn't necessarily want to hang out with my father, but we probably should have hung out more too. So what are some of your interests? The people don't know you. What kind of things? You mentioned video games. What other things are you interested in as you think I could probably have a little bit more interest in that we could bond over? Mm, definitely basketball for one. Hmm. I used to love basketball when I was younger. At your age, I still love basketball. When I started, probably when I left high school, maybe 12th grade, I didn't. I didn't focus so much on it. But basketball, you think that you would just <clears throat> just something that we could do or something that you want to get good at, get great at? Uh, both. Both? Hmm. Okay. So how should we approach that? What do you think is a good solution for us to figure out how to make basketball a priority? I mean, definitely go in the yard more. Oh, you remember we have a basketball hoop outside. Mm -hmm. You know what I think sometimes? I think sometimes you would just rather be in your room so I don't bother you. That's not the right answer, but sometimes that's just what I think. And again, I remember going back to, to that age that, I don't know, do you think, what do you think about your dad? Just in general. One, you're a great father. Hmm. Pretty cool. I'm pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Tell them more. You made a great family. You provide for us. You work hard. So what do you think that means when you see me doing that stuff? Uh, you love us and you're trying to give a good life to us. Do you think sometimes I focus too much on providing a good life and not being in your life? I, I used to, in the Dubai days, I used to think that. In the Dubai days? Because yeah, I have a little bit too. Yeah. Because you were on work all day. I, me, everybody else was home. You were work all day. And then sometimes by the time you came home, I was asleep. I barely saw you. Yeah. So when we, I don't know how, I don't know at what point I mentioned it on this podcast. We as a family had the opportunity to live overseas in uh, in the UAE, in Dubai specifically, for three years. Uh, my job provided that opportunity. And again, I was able to take my family. So I thought it was a great opportunity for you guys to see the world, see it differently, because I had been traveling through Dubai on my way to other places. But to live there was really different. The challenge was because we were so far ahead of time than the East coast. And that's where uh, my primary office is and the people that I reported to were. when I'm getting off of work, they're coming to work. And then they would start sending emails and things that I needed to address and it would extend my work day. So I thought I had figured it out by going to work later because I knew I had to stay late. But, um, yeah, sometimes I just, I mean, I would get home 10, 11 o'clock and miss the whole day. And it wasn't a lot of opportunity 
shouldn't say there wasn't a lot of opportunity. There weren't a lot of hours left in the day to really connect with y'all as a family. And then when I came back, I was traveling a lot. So I don't know, I guess the lesson you could take for me is that providing for your family is only a portion of the responsibility of being a father. Like you have to actually be present in their lives. And sometimes I think that I would use my work schedule and my work responsibilities as an excuse because I did my job very well, but sometimes I didn't think I was being a great father. So those times when as a man, you feel like you're not adequate for your family. Sometimes the response is not to step up and fix things. Sometimes the response is to kind of regress further away um, because you're embarrassed. So a lot of the time I was, I was embarrassed because I felt like I didn't, I knew I wasn't spending enough time and I didn't know how to fix it. Does that make sense? So do you understand that? I understand that. Okay. So what else? What other, since we've been back, what's your assessment of me as a father outside of providing? What other opportunities do you think that maybe I missed or maybe I should focus on? You know, we said basketball. I'm really interested in what things that you're interested in at this stage of your life, like what has your attention? What are you curious about? What do you want to know more of? What are some of those things? Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of drawing a blank right now. What is one thing that you see me do that you know you'll do when you become a father? Or do you even want to be a father? Uh, yes. So let's step back. What do you think it means to be a father? What do you think some of those requirements and responsibilities are? You definitely have to show your kid that you love them. So how do you think that you'll show your kids that you love them? That may be different than the way I show. I would just spend time with them, take them places, uh, do things in the house that we can bond over. What kind of things? If you had a son, if you were me, ooh, let's say 20 years from now, you become a father. What do you think would be the most important thing that you do? Just be there for my family. So what does that mean? Show them that they can depend on you. Hmm. How is it? How important is it? to be able to depend on me as your father. This is very, very important. Why? Because I should be able to have trust in you. Have you ever felt like that you couldn't trust me? Not couldn't trust you. But? I definitely felt like, <clears throat> felt like sometimes I couldn't come to you. Because mm. as earlier, you were like mostly at work. Mom was the one who was home, so mm-hmm. I feel like I have a better connection with her than I have with you. Okay. Do you remember a time when you wanted to come to me, but you couldn't? Do you remember what the, the topic or the issue was? 
or let while you're thinking about that, let me ask you this. How did it feel to not be able to come to me? Horrible. How so? Not being able to know how to speak to someone just feels really bad. Like you really want to do it, you go over it in your head, but you just can't. Hmm. And you felt like that with me? Like you rehearse it, you know what you want to say, but for whatever reason, you couldn't, you felt like you couldn't bring the conversation to me? Was it because of, well, I don't want to lead you. Why did, Why do you think, what, what, what was I doing to make you so hesitant? Or do you still feel that way? I don't still feel that way. What were my actions then that made it difficult? Because I need to be aware of it to make sure that I don't go back into that mode or at least explain why I was in that mode. Not that it makes it right, but. Probably couldn't come to you because I feel like all you were was serious. Hmm. Like mom jokes around a lot, but you, all I knew from you was take out the trash, do this, get off the game. That's all I knew. Hmm. Oh, that's fair. And my first, maybe it was the second episode. It was called Dear Son, You Deserve Context. You know what context is? Yes. Okay. So the way I grew up, there wasn't a lot of questioning what my father said. And I saw him as very serious. Not that I never saw him laugh, but just like what you're saying about me, it's primarily serious. He was focused on making sure that I was doing the right thing, making sure I was obedient because that's what he experienced with his father. His father didn't really talk to him that much. And that's common for that era of fathers, not too far removed from slavery where you didn't have a say. I mean, that's a few generations, but it is a very traumatic process to undo years of oppression, years of trauma, and then beyond that, my my dad's dad, I didn't know my dad's dad, just like, uh, like you have Popeye's your grandfather, I never had a grandfather. So I never really had any context of why my dad was the way he was. And that's why we had that conversation so we can understand it. And that's why we're having this conversation much earlier so that I can be aware of stuff. But to summarize it faster, these are generational characteristics that, that were passed down, whether intentionally or unintentionally, he saw and observed, he made what adjustments he could with me. I saw and observed, I made, I'm making what adjustments I can with you. And part of what didn't happen was the accountability from the father to the son. There was always accountability from me to my father. And it's not, and I don't want that taken out of context. Like my dad wasn't accountable, but he didn't have to explain things to me. Like if he said something that was law, that's just how it was. And I got to a point where like you were in a place where I didn't either. I felt like I couldn't talk to him because we didn't have an open dialogue relationship 
or I felt like I already knew the answer was no. And he wasn't going to seek to understand why I was asking for a thing or why I wanted to do something. So it was very, 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 I mean, it was strict compared to how you're, to what your freedoms are. And sometimes I feel with you, I kind of overcorrect. Like you got the game in your room. If you're on punishment, it doesn't last long. I think you get a lot of chances from my perspective um, when things need correcting. But what I wasn't doing was doing a good job of explaining to you what my expectations were. So when I would call your name loud to tell you about the game, um, I guess you, you know, you, you received it, how you received it. And you felt that it was more punishment than, than us having a real understanding. I asked you what would be important when you become a father on a scale of one to 10, how tough do you think it is to be a father? Definitely 10. Why? A lot of things. Hmm? There's a lot of things you have to raise the kid or more. And what do you think that's like? You have four siblings. Every each one of y'all are different. Different things are important to you. You react differently to certain things. What are some of those difficult things that you think are that make being a father a ten in terms of difficulty? To care for your child. Wake them up in the morning. Make sure they're happy. Hmm. Make sure they're alive. Yeah. You gotta you gotta teach them about life. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago there was an incident at at what's the name was honors old school? Timberview. Timberview High School. And that's the high school that you and Imani, your older sister, would have been attending this year if we hadn't moved. What were some of your thoughts? And and to the to the listeners or the viewers, Google Timberview High School in Arlington, Virginia, in the Mansfield ISD district. That's the school district that we're in. And that was an incident of violence. A fight led to a shooting. When we got the news as parents, Keisha and I, Keisha's my wife, all we knew was that there was an active shooter at their school. We didn't know if it was any kind of plan for it to expand to other schools, if this was a random thing. So we stopped what we were doing and went to the school to get them. But I'm curious to know like how you felt about that or how you still feel about that. Okay, one thing. You said Arlington, Virginia. Mm-hmm. It's Arlington, Texas. Oh. Yeah, I'm just the, making sure the, the viewers aren't confused. I appreciate this, because there is an Arlington, Virginia, where I used to work. Thank you. Arlington, Texas. You're right. Go ahead. It's definitely scary. Is well, that was our school. Mm-hmm. You know, people they don't check bags. You don't really know what people's true intentions could be. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to make something like that happen. Mm-hmm. Almost, it's it's very it's too easily. Mm-hmm. Is young children should not be able to cause a shooting, get their hands on weapons that could end other lives. That you only have one of. Right. So what did you, that's concern, but that day, how did you feel? Or did you feel anything? That's my, that my, I'll let you answer first. I was definitely concerned because I had friends that still go there. Mm. 
I was hoping they were okay. It was on the news, on Twitter, on everything. Mm-hmm. Just scary because it could have been. It could have been my school, right? And if it was your school, do you think you you would know how to react? I'm gonna be honest, probably not. And that's I'm glad you provided an honest answer. And that's those are some of the things that parents can't predict, but parents are concerned with way before you know to even be concerned. So when I am demanding of you to follow instructions immediately not when you get a break on your game or not when that game is over. It's because something could happen that requires your immediate attention. And if you're not used to that, you won't be aware of it. Like even in the house with your game, the reason I'm frustrated if I have to come upstairs in your room, number one, let's back up. My parents calling me specifically, specifically my father. The answer was to come to where he is or where he was at the time. That doesn't mean to have a dialogue at the same tone that he called me or I call you. Right. And when you're so into your game that you don't have any idea what's going on, even in your own house. I'm annoyed when people around me aren't aware of their environment. I'm way more annoyed when that's my family because something could happen. What if, what if there was something just like we had a gas leak in the house when we first moved in? Do you remember that we had to go outside? Yes. So what if it was something serious like that, where I needed your attention and you got four other siblings who are younger than you that need more attention and you couldn't hear just because you're on your game, enjoying your life. Like those are the things that parents think about. And sometimes our tone reflects that frustration, even though the child doesn't understand it. Get it? Yes. Okay. So we were talking about the incident that happened in school, you not knowing potentially what to do if you were in that situation. Life is not always protected. And I think you see that. But you know, a lot of my a lot of my frustration is I want you to be prepared. Right. And I get that I haven't done all that I should have done on the timeline that one might assume to prepare you. That's my job. I'm not always going to be laughing. I should laugh more. I should. Just like you said, you haven't seen the side of me. I need to be more open and showing you different parts of me. Um, Have you ever seen me cry? No. What do you think about that? What do you mean by what do you think about that? What do you think about? Do you think you should have seen me cry at some point? Or do you think that's not something that you would expect your father to do? It's not something that I would expect. Hmm. Why is that? Never seen you cry. Yeah, not seeing. Okay, so not seeing me created an expectation. If you saw me cry, what would you think? I would be surprised. Okay. Would you think that I was weak or... Did you think that was something I couldn't handle? What would you think? Probably something that you couldn't handle. Hmm. I've seen you cry. Is it because you couldn't handle a thing at the time? or? And sometimes that thing is your emotions. Like you may not know how to respond to something. So that seems to be a natural and it really is a natural thing. 
sometimes men not crying is because they've suppressed it so long that it became just like me working so much. They created an expectation that you couldn't come to me or me looking so serious to create an expectation that you can come to me. Sometimes men don't cry for whatever reason they were taught. They don't feel comfortable. They think it's a sign of weakness and it really creates trauma. Hmm. I, I saw my father cry. The most memorable time I saw my father cry was after he gave me a, a whipping because I ran away. And it got to a point where I wasn't, I couldn't like the, the lashes didn't have as much impact. And he realized that and he went in the next room and cried. And then he apologized because he felt like I was too old and he was like degrading me by doing it. Now, did I deserve it? I mean, I, I mean, I ran away. I, I, I was trying to avoid some other punishment, but I ran away because I couldn't, I was too scared to deal with my father. Cause I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a whipping. I ended up getting a whipping anyway, but we didn't have a relationship at that point where I was able to express how I'm feeling as a child and him consider that before providing the discipline. Can you believe that? You believe Papa was like that? Is, is that the Papa you know? <laughs> no. I'm trying to think, has he ever disciplined you? Probably. The one-time stick? The Oh, my God. The one-time <laughs> stick is such a joke. <laughs> if, you, if you're naming it, it's that's ridiculous. Are you able to process emotions when you have them? Or do you find yourself getting stuck or being confused about how to feel about certain things? Probably being, uh, not knowing how to feel about certain things. Hmm. And what do you do? Just whatever the natural action is, like sadness or anger. Hmm. It's interesting that you mentioned that because when you have to react to a situation, you can only give that situation what you know or what you've experienced. So that's why it's very critical to guard your mind, your eyes, your ears about what you're putting in, because some of those things could form or inform your reaction and you don't know where it's coming from. If all the music you listen to described how to be violent and how to react when you think there's a violent situation happening with more violence, when you're presented with that, that's what's in your mind. It's hard to pull anything out of your mind that you didn't pull in. So the last episode, well, not well, when this one comes out, it won't be the last. I was struggling with the music that I know you listen to and the music that I listen to with you. I know it's the thing to be cool and all of that, that to know the latest songs. But a lot of that, what do you think about some of the lyrics? Do you ever slow slow it down in your mind enough to really understand what's being said? Not really. I just pay attention to the flow and the beat. I don't really care for the lyrics that much. But you know them because when the song comes on, you can repeat them. Yes. You see how that works? Even if something that you're not intentionally intaking, it still is there. I remember lyrics from 1989. Do you even know when 
1989 was. In 1989? Oh, good, good answer, son. How do you think your... Uh, how would you rate your decision-making skills from one to 10, 10 being great, one being needs a lot of work? Probably a three. A three? Are you okay with that? No. So what do you think are some of the things that contributed or that contribute to it being a three? I think it's because in my mind, if I like really don't want to do something, I just won't do it. Hmm. How far in life do you think that's going to take you? Not far at all. So where are you getting stuck? It's more so that it's something I really want to do and something I don't want to do. But the thing I don't want to do is more essential to do. Probably going to do the thing that I want to do. So do you think you have too many options? You need more structure? I know the answer for me. It's not fun. I get it. Like, it's more fun to do the things that you want to do. It's just not how life works. So what if what if your family is dependent? So this family, we have a big family, right? Their family's bigger than ours, but we have a pretty big family. And all of us have to contribute to the house working. Do you enjoy living in this house? Yes. Why? Because I have a good family. Mm-hmm. I enjoy spending time with my family. Mm-hmm. But you have your own space, you have privacy, you can move around, you have access to things that are entertaining. What do you think your responsibility is to your family and to this house? Are we contributing to the house? Okay. Do my chores and stuff, mm -hmm. the trash, all that. So when you're not doing that stuff, what do you think the message is? How do you think I perceive that? That I don't care. Hmm. Are you okay with that? No. Okay. So how does the behavior shift? How does the behavior shift? Yeah. How do you change it? If you're aware of something and you know that it is having a less than desirable impact or a negative impact and you have control of changing it, what does it take to change it? Probably set reminders for myself to do more around the house stuff without having to being asked that's a very mature answer so i'll expect to start seeing that this week okay you don't need a reminder to get on your game you don't need a reminder to be a leader and tell everybody else what to do like i can't do that i'm trying to think if i was ever that good at video games i don't think so it didn't hold my attention long enough and that's just a major, that's a big difference between you and I. I rather, I would have rather been outside. Or what, man? Yeah, outside, because around like your age, I was, thought I was going to be a basketball player. So I spent more time doing that. What do you think keeps you in the house? Because your generation is different. And you got probably five kids your age next door and across the street. But y'all are never outside, ever. What do you think keeps you inside? Probably my game, because it's easier to interact with other people on there. Like, I can talk to my friends on there, play mm -hmm. with them, have fun with them. Do you think that's another COVID thing, or do you think if even COVID wasn't, if it never happened, that would still be your primary form of communication? Probably still be my primary form of communication. Mm -hmm. 
Because I feel like it's harder now than it was when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, I was like outside all day. But in now, Dubai, you got, well, when it wasn't so hot, y'all wanted to go outside. Do you think you have an addiction to technology or is it just an outlet? An outlet. I think you need to spend more time doing non-technology things. And like you said, set reminders. So reminders don't have to be just for chores, but maybe, maybe I need to set reminders and spend time. Maybe I need to do that. What fun things do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. You like bowling? We've been bowling, but I can't tell if you really like it. I don't know if you're frustrated with it or if you don't like it. Oh, bowling is really fun. Hmm? So bowling is really fun. What other things do you like? What other things? Bowling, you got basketball, video games. I don't know how much value I can be because it just moves so fast. My hands don't <laughs> communicate with my brain that fast anymore. Mm. You like reading, but I don't. I like getting information. I do a lot of audio books, but I have to read so much at work that to do it recreationally, I don't know. I like audiobooks. Maybe we should find a book that we can read and discuss. What other things are you uh, concerned about at this age? Like what things are with, what temptations are there? What, what are people doing that you look at and say, mm, I'm not sure if that represents my family or I'm not sure if that's for me. What are you exposed to? Exposed to? Because mm-hmm. I can't see everything. So even on the game, you could be having conversations with people that might make you start thinking about different things that you never thought about before. Or got IG, you got all these other things. I don't think it's a realistic expectation for you not to have access to information. That's just how the world works. And I can't block everything that you have access to. But some things you're going to see and you're going to have to make a decision like, hmm. Is this for me? Is this something I'm willing to risk? Is this something that's going to reflect well on me and my character and then my family? Like what what things are being thrown at you now? Or people your age? Like things of the like like drugs and alcohol. They're not exposed to any of that. I don't really know. Do you have a desire for drugs and alcohol? No. Okay. That's good. Like, I may want to try like a bit of alcohol when I'm older to see what it's like. Mm. Yeah, I had a, um, I had an issue in high school where I had access to alcohol, not in my house. Uh, Cause my parents never had alcohol in the house. I was exposed. I tried it before I was supposed to. And uh, I wish that I hadn't. You kind of always want to do things that you're not supposed to do. That's just the effect of sin, right? There's a constant tug for you to be, do, try, act like something that is not the greatest for you. But I hope you realize, hopefully I can adjust my behavior so that you're comfortable coming to me with those things because I wasn't. So sometimes when I got in situations, I just made a decision. It wasn't peer pressure. It's just felt like if I wanted to do it, I wasn't really going to consult anybody because it wasn't going to be, I felt like I would get in trouble for even having a conversation. And I never want you to feel like that because that's how you slip into 
all types of trouble. Got it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm trying to be vocal so they can hear me. Yeah. Well, I think we um this is not gonna be your last time on a podcast. I hope. Oh yes. I will be back. Okay. Let's do it now. I switched the camera to you. Go ahead and get your effect. I will be back. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Um, yeah, I I think this is a good start to dialogue and maybe this process will help us. Just like the the podcast that uh your mom and I do. Sometimes we're having conversations on that for the first time. And it's like, wow. Because we're intentional about doing the podcast and being transparent in our conversations, it's helping us grow together and figure out things about ourselves. So I think that's what this podcast hopefully will do for us if you're open to coming back on the show. Of course. Of course. I mean, it's dear son. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense if I didn't <laughs> actually get my son on. But I appreciate you coming on. I know it's uh it's a little different when the camera's on, right? It seems yeah. My first couple suck. I mean, they the the content was reached people, but I look back at it and I'm like, Ugh. and I probably look back at this one, I'm like, Ugh, but it keep getting better. So hopefully this will have a number of impacts on you. Development and speaking in front of a, you know, a public or a camera, perceived public, a lot of benefits to it. So I appreciate you, son. I love you and I'm proud of you. And I want you to know that, man, you can come to me for, for anything. We'll get through it. Okay. All right. He'll be back on the show. For those that are still watching, still listening, we appreciate you. Take a moment to follow. If you're on the audio platform only, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. If you haven't done so, Hopefully throughout this process, you were commenting anything, uh, making comments or responding to anything that resonated with you. If you didn't know that, you can do that. And also all of that helps us. Right. We're trying to create a community of. Of um, it's because I was going to say fathers is, is I get a lot of feedback from women, too, so I don't want to exclude anybody. But my conversations are coming from a fatherhood perspective, uh, you know, aimed at men and the collateral benefit has been, I guess, just women, family, parenting, all of that. So we appreciate everybody that has invested any amount of time in this content. Please share it with somebody that you think it may impact as well. And this is my journey. So I'm going to I'm, I'm going to stay on it because it's helping me. It helps you in the process. It's fantastic. Anything you want to say in closing, son? Mm. Subscribe. Subscribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say shoot out, shout out your uh, your IG, but you got way more followers than I have. So it's not like you really need it. So maybe you should post this on your page so we can get some traction. Anyway, we appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. Waving. Hmm? Okay. What's wrong with waving? I don't know. We'll just work on that. Huh? That's your thing? What? Okay. Isn't that not normal to wave? Huh? Yeah. (laughs) Good deal. 
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.